Hey guys, I'm recording this here on April 5th. It's Sunday. Everyone's trying to survive the crisis. Quick note to you guys, we are moving. You know, you used to delay these episodes by, you know, four to eight months after we recorded them in terms of releasing them on the podcast. We've changed that. A lot of these interviews you're going to hear over the next many months are going to be ones we recorded only days prior. We think that's a smarter way to run the show. I've made the change. So expect more urgent information coming out. Secondly, I am getting destroyed on iTunes reviews by these people that say Nathan's rude, he's hard hitting, blah, 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 which by the way, I am. It's part of my style. It's what works. The problem is people that love that style never take the time to go leave a five-star review. So I only get one or five-star reviews on iTunes. And right now there's a streak of one-star reviews that is driving me crazy. It would mean the world to me, guys. If you're loving the show, you love how direct I am, you like the style, if you go leave a review on iTunes now, if you do that and tweet it to me, text it to me, email it to me, whatever you want. I'm going to reply with a very special surprise. I think a lot of you guys will really like it is heavy, heavy data oriented. All right. So I appreciate that. Thanks guys. Enjoy the show. Green rope again, helping uh, nonprofits, small businesses, and more so today, even higher enterprise related customers, 3000 paying customers paying call between 70, 7500 up to 250 bucks per month. He's growing the company nicely, right? It's a bootstrapped company, great business that generates cash flow and creates 20 good paying jobs doing about 2.5 million bucks per year in terms of run rate. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Lars Helgeson. He is the CEO and founder of a company called GreenRope, a complete CRM and marketing automation platform. Started in the internet marketing space back in 2000 when he co-founded one of the world's first email service providers called Cooler Email. As a pioneer in, resp- uh, in responsible email marketing, they grew that company to over a uh, software company specializing in marketing communication with over 1,500 clients. In 2010, after spending several years designing and implementing a more comprehensive way to meet the needs of small and mid-sized businesses, he launched the current company GreenRope, a cloud-based platform that simplifies and consolidates the company's sales, marketing, and operation. The company currently serves over 3,000 companies worldwide. Lars, you ready to take us to the top? I'm ready. All right. Those 3,000 folks, those aren't just like, you know, free users dancing around. Those are, that's cold, hard cash, right? Paying customers? Uh, some of them are. Some of them are. <laughs> we, 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 do, we do some trades and, um, you know, we help, especially now. Uh, we actually have a program we just launched um, that's been really successful going after or helping nonprofits specifically for, for the virus kind of virus relief. Yeah. Well, actually any nonprofit, cause you know, in times like now when things are really stressful, people get really scared and when they get really scared, they don't give money to nonprofits. And so we want to help nonprofits get their word out. And so we've actually taken on a good number of nonprofits where we offer our platform for free for them mm-hmm. so that they can use our CRM, our email marketing, our fundraising, all of those things that are built into the platform for free. Wow. Okay. So you came on last time. This would have been back, I believe, in November of 2018. Uh, and you shared that you'd founded the company in 2010, right? And so walk me through since then, scaling up to today, have you any product updates? What have you released? Any Any pivot? Yeah, it's it, we've done a lot of um, a lot of things to kind of change the way we we do business. So when we originally fo- launched, we were focused on the micro business, um, and because that was kind of where we came from with Cooler Email, the email marketing days. We were going after very very small businesses, and um, the idea that we came to pivot to more of a more comprehensive approach to running a business with a CRM was that every every small business needs to have a CRM. They need to the, the but the problem that we found was that at the really micro business level, a lot of businesses don't, they're okay with using Excel. They're okay with using something free like MailChimp to do their email marketing. And they kind of cobble these systems together. 
our model was to create a, a unified platform where everything's all together. And what we found was that at the micro business level, a lot of those businesses just didn't have the, the wherewithal or the time to really take on a CRM. Sure. So we've gradually been moving more and more up market and we've actually, we've, we've gone after now um, government, you know, higher level universities and kind of some bigger customers. And in the process, we've churned out a lot of those really small businesses as clients. I wish more people would talk about this because it doesn't get talked about enough because so many CEOs, like you see it as a weakness that their total customer count is now lower potentially than it was in the past. But it is when you look at the most successful SaaS companies, many, like 50% of them go through this process and never talk about it. Right. So how many, so you've narrowed down your customer base because you have more customers, you have less customers paying more. How many customers are you serving today? So the total is actually still around 3000. Oh, okay. Uh, so the, but what's, what's happened is we've lost a lot of the smaller businesses and we've replaced them with bigger, with bigger businesses. We've also expanded our uh, bar program, our, what we call our complete CRM or our reseller program. So they've all grown over time as well. So it's, it's an interesting shift in how we've changed away from micro business. So we still have small businesses that use what we do, but we don't, we don't market towards them. We don't really, you know, we're not, we're not really actively pursuing the entrepreneur necessarily. We're going people who are either in, in growth stage or are a little bit more established people that are little companies that are a little more price sensitive. Um, with an integrated platform, we can save, especially a, a mid-sized business, a lot of money, like over over ninety percent total cost of ownership, because we remove all those integration costs. So it sounds like your average so, revenue per customer has probably increased over the past couple of years. You said seventy-five dollars a month on average about a year and a half ago. What is that now today? It's now two hundred and fifty. Okay, yeah, so that's a significant increase, obviously. And how many? Just so we can understand that the value added reseller network you've built better. How many of those VARs have sent you at least one paying customer over the past year? All of them. All of them. Well, yeah. So how how many are there? Um, so we have about twelve hundred of our direct clients, and then on top of that, we have another. I'd have to look at the numbers again. I think it's about four or five hundred nonprofits. Okay. And then we also, and then we have another. The remainder of that, another fifteen hundred, come through our partners through our reseller channel. Okay. So hold on, just so I make sure I understand this. There are fifteen hundred resellers that sold one customer each, or there's like thirty resellers that brought you fifteen hundred. Exactly. That's it. I see. So how many resellers? Is it about thirty? Uh, twenty-five. Oh, wow. Okay. I guess pretty close actually 25 resellers. And can you paint, like put a face on one of those? What do they look like? What's the website of one of them? They're all over the place. So, um, so some, because we do a white label program, we're pretty sensitive about that. If you were to look at a company like Credema, um, C R E D E M A dot E U, they're based in Switzerland. Um, and they do a lot of, they, they work a lot in the manufacturing and logistics, um, and trade, um, types of organizations. So, they're pretty. They're they're an example of one, and the idea is that we completely private label the entire experience for them and for their customers. Mm-hmm. So they and their customers don't know that they're using Green Rope. Um, they are using, as far as they know, um, the Credema platform. Interesting. So, and that's how it works with all of our resellers. We have a reseller that targets shipping and logistics. Another one that targets. Um, churches and uh, things more regional in Texas. We've got another one that targets law firms, another one that goes um, after real estate, another one that does janitorial services. So, I mean, it's all over all over the place. But typically, we work with companies that are, are really good at managing a channel. 
So, um, and so yeah, and each of them is various different sizes. You know, some of them are small, um, a few people working together, and some of them are bigger companies that have whole staffs and agencies like marketing agencies and sales consulting firms. One of the challenges with managing a bunch of white label platforms across 25 different value-added resellers is you now have kind of, you have multiple tech stacks that you have to stay on top of, right? And sometimes like a bug in one isn't a bug in the other, or you release something on one and it impacts another. How do you compartmentalize all these things so your dev team doesn't go crazy? So we wrote the system to be extremely flexible. Um, and that's something that we did from the very beginning. We actually don't really impact things that way because every time we add a new feature, we make it something configurable. So we're not going to force a change down anybody's throat around any particular industry. Because if we were going to say like, you know, you're going to be forced to treat contacts or accounts or, or fields or something in a certain way that might impact everybody else, then we say, okay, We'll make sure that we can make this available as an option for you and your customers, but we're never going to force something down a, a configuration or, or the way the system works down that particular channel. So it's worked really well and they appreciate that kind of flexibility. And that's part of being value added is that they can go in and they can say, we have this really flexible open CRM platform, but we can then go in and without having to hire developers or do anything expensive, they can go in and they can say, we're going to customize this. So it exactly matches our workflow. So what's team size today? How many people? We're still small. We're still 20 people. 20 people. How many engineers? Um, let's see. Four, if you count me, five. Four, okay. <laughs> so. Okay. So, um, okay. And what is the, do you have any, at this price point, can you afford quota carrying sales reps or is it all more like no touch? Uh, no, no. So we, we have our sales process is is very touch because CRM isn't the kind of thing where I, I at least I think, in my opinion, I don't think you can go and set up a CRM without having a detailed conversation, without having a consultative sale. It's so complicated. And, and because every business is different, you know, the way you manage sales, way you manage marketing, customer service. Well, do you have management. quota carrying reps then or no? Well, yeah. So we have, well, we, it's all inbound. So people come to our website, they say they want a demo and then they get a demo with a live person every time. Yeah. But do you, my point and, is, do you pay commission to salespeople? Are there any people that salespeople, how many? Just two. Okay. Two. Got it. Got it. Okay. So how do you start? So one of the challenges that a lot of founders will get in is their price points are too low to afford to pay a salesperson a competitive comp but they're too expensive where the customer is never just going to pay online with a credit card with no touch. They need a demo or, or a consultative process. How do you balance those two things? Um, I think that's just sort of the benefit of having had cooler email when we started that we had some, some residual revenue coming in every month from those email marketing clients. And that funded the transition into green Row so that we could go from, because, because cooler email was that model. You go in and do email marketing. It's exciting for MailChimp for constant contact. You know, there's no, you don't really need to show somebody and have a consultative sales approach to that. So we used that as a runway to transition to the way we do business now. Um, I don't know that that's analogous or a lesson that I could that could we could impart to other founders, but uh, but you exactly hit it on the head. The cost of having salespeople like that is very expensive, and it also really limits how many new customers you can bring on in a particular month if you have to talk to somebody. That's and right. In the sense of doing that, you got to have a higher price point to make it worth it. 
or so volume. Like, yeah. like it sounds like what you're doing is you get, you get, they hit their quota because they have to process 10 demos a day or something. You have a high volume approach. Uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, it's, it also is, it's the advantage of being a sort of an organically grown and funded company. You know, like I started this way back in the day in my apartment, so I don't have any investors. We just have to be organically growing and being able to pay our bills and the whole thing. So while we've in that, in that early growth stage, we were funding that with cooler email. Now that we're in that stage now of, of being able to sustainably grow, they don't have to do 10 different, they don't have to do 10 demos a day. They, you know, they average, I think five to six. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, so they're, so, which is a good pace because they don't get burned out. They can spend a lot of time working with a potential lead and, and show them the system without feeling like it's a boiler room and they got to jump right to the next demo. So yeah. it's, yeah, so it's a, it's a balance, you know, it's, and it's always, and they always say that about business, right? It's always a balance. So, yeah. But like to run that out, right? So five demos a day times five working days in a week is 25 demos a week times four weeks on average, right? That's a hundred demos per sales rep, your two sales rep per month, right? Let's assume they have a close rate of 10% of those a hundred demos. That's 10 new customers at 200 bucks a month, right? So that's $2,000, a new ARR, a new MRR they're bringing on or 24 grand, a new ARR, a good sales rep, needs to be, be able to get their comp, their their base plus quota up to like 150, 160 usually. You can't afford to pay 50 or 60 grand in comp on 24 grand in new ARR added each 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 month from these folks. Well, that's, that's that. And you hit on another thing. Um, our conversion rates are closer to 40%. So. <laughs> okay. So, which, well, even that 48 grand in new ARR per sales rep doesn't leave you enough room to pay commission to those folks to get up to like a competitive, like a good, what a good sales rep can make. So the one thing that we do that's also different is I pay indefinite recurring commission with our salespeople. So oh, interesting. They're, they're just building over time. Uh, so, it's like an MLM almost like they're, they're managing a book of business. It, yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly. I see. That is unique. Okay. So that's why I ask these questions and I learn new yeah. unique things people are doing. That's very astute. It's a very, it's a very keen observation. What if one of them leaves? Um, well, they don't. <laughs> yeah, because they have a huge book of business, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay, so still bootstrapped. You just mentioned that. Um, are you operating right at break even or are you able to pull some cash out, you know, employee dividend checks, things like that from cash flow? We So we were starting to, and then the things that we've been doing with all, well, the coronavirus, like all the things that have happened in the market has has caused us to kind of be a little bit more cautious about that. So, um, generally though, what I do is I just pay my people more salary. Yeah. So, um, and try to distribute it as evenly as I can amongst everybody. Um, and, and that's generally worked very well. So we, we have enough in the bank that we can weather a storm like this. And then, um, you know, and, and so I'm not in our model, I'm not actually trying to pull as much money out of, out of the business as I can right now. It's really about making sure my people are really taken care of. Our customers are well taken care of. We're investing in the technology that we need to. So, um, so I could be more than break even if I wanted to be, but the reinvestment is a conscious decision for a long-term sustainable business model. Yeah. Okay, good. So you're, you're reinvesting everything. You're exactly break even right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Um, next question here. So if I take three, this is obvious, this is going to be too high. So I want, I need to be corrected. 3000 customers at 250 bucks a month on average puts you at like a $9 million run rate. I think you're doing well, but not that well. Which of those numbers is wrong? Is the average customer paying less or do you have less customers? So, uh, so it's the average customer is paying less, 
But that's, it's, you know, you, if you factor in what's actually, you, you take out all the comps that we do and then you, you take out the, the nonprofits and all of that and you take out the lower average price point for our resellers because we've got, we set it up as a, as a with our resellers, we do a 50-50 split with them on our retail rates. So the average that we're bringing in now, the average customer now is paying us $250 a month. It gets it gets kind of weird and complicated if you start if you dilute that with all the, the trades that we've done and you dilute it with all the comp accounts that we give away now for the nonprofits. Mm-hmm. So it's um so you know it's kind of a weird. I, I'm not sure what the average would be if you were to take all of that into consideration. The but nonprofit accounts are free. The 500. Um. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so you have 2,500 paying. And what you're saying is about, you know, call it 1500 ish of those are through your value added reseller network of which you have a 50, 50 split on. So it makes yeah. averages hard to calculate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see. We're, we're, we're roughly a little, we're about two and a half million. So, yeah. you know, we're not a, not a huge company, but you know, with 20 people, we're, we're able to care of ourselves and make sure we have good technology and focus on our customers. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, this is a different story than like a Silicon Valley entrepreneur that I would interview who's burning way too much money. And God knows if the founder is actually going to make any money if, cause they have to exit for a billion dollars, right? You came on a year and a half ago and you were doing about the same two and a half million bucks in ARR. You're still doing about the same, but the nice thing is you're profitable break even when you want to be, if you want to reinvest and you've created 20 great jobs and you're smiling and you're happy. And that's a perfect way to build a business and a life. Yeah. I really appreciate you saying that because a lot of, I think a lot of people in, you know, when you go around to startups, you, you talk to the, the, um, you know, sort of like the startup culture is very focused on exactly what you were talking about. How quickly can I scale a business up? and sell it and, you know, maybe or maybe not make any money or maybe or maybe not actually help the world or whatever, you know, it's, it's uh, like you said, it, it is, it is so important for me that I'm able to take care of my people and that I'm able to focus on helping our customers and not be distracted by, by exactly that. Well, Lars, you're more profitable than we work and you're more profitable than Airbnb. And I can name a huge list of large companies that you are more profitable than. So kudos to you. All right, let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, favorite business book. Um, am I allowed to include my own book? Yeah, yeah. What's your own book? <laughs> CRM for dummies. CRM for dummies. Very good. How's it doing? How many copies have you sold? Um, I, I think we're up around 20,000 now. Oh, that's pretty good. It's with Wiley, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's good. All right, number two, CEO you're following or studying? Uh, Elon Musk. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building your company besides your own? Um, I would say, boy, that's a good question. Favorite uh, for building my company right now, we are, we are working with, um, Captera and technology advice as two companies that were helping us get leads. Yep. Number four, how many hours of sleep are you getting every night? That varies from, I'd say six to eight. Okay. And situation married, single kiddos. Single with a four-legged fur son. <laughs> and how old are you? I am, God, I'm almost 48 now. 48, great. Last question. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Um, 
be very careful who you get in business with. Guys, there you have it. Green Rope, again, helping uh, nonprofits, small businesses, and more so today, even higher enterprise-related customers. 3,000 paying customers paying call between 70, 7,500, up to 250 bucks per month. He's growing the company nicely, right? It's a bootstrapped company, great business that generates cash flow and creates 20 good-paying jobs, doing about 2.5 million bucks per year in terms of run rate right now. Lars, thanks for taking us to the top. Thank you for having me.